Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Natch United, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandez and I'm Chris Jai Wardner. Hello. We're about to review The Defiant One, directed by Tom Trubovich and written by the wonderful Judy Pioli. Yay! Judy! Yay! We're so happy! Yay! I'm sure Chris has some sort of facts about them eventually, coming up later in the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mostly mostly for Judy with Tom. I Just as kind of a heads up, uh, Tom Trubovich is someone who is very difficult to find notes for. Uh, it's one of those cases of just not a lot of interviews, not a lot of discussions. Yeah. Not, didn't become the personality like some of the others. So yeah. we're going to hold off on those for the foreseeable future until I can actually get something of a toehold yeah. and yeah. fighting into the intermine of this guy. <laughs> Which is very interesting in of itself that he kind of disappeared. Yeah, It's very totally. fascinating. Yeah, I worked on a lot of yeah. interesting and powerful projects. But yeah, anyway, uh, but yes, the Defiant One. Yes, Defiant One. Here's what the episode is about. Shirley's attempt at eating a peaceful lunch outside of Bar Walls is ruined by a coughing bum. While she's in the mode of extolling the virtues of Black Beauty to a seemingly innocuous but very tall man, she quickly learns that he is a criminal who is robbing the bank next door. Named an accomplice, she finds herself handcuffed to Louis Armstrong, his real name apparently. They make a run for it, and Shirley finds herself hosting Louis at her apartment, all the while cutting him for his bad manners and uncouth ways. In desperation, she sends out an SOS to Rhonda and to Frank. Will she be rescued from her plight? Meanwhile, a nice security guard interferes with the sleeping liver. What do you think of this one? Again, a case of we get back on track, thanks to a writer from the past. In this case, Judy brings it. My, my note actually is, huzzah, the queen once <laughs> again returns. Uh, I have, uh, this is a weaker episode for me. What really works for me in this episode is the chemistry between Richard Mall and Cindy Williams, which is really unexpected. It's really nice. They have a lot of comic chemistry. They actually look good together. They make a good striking pair. And you kind of almost root for Shirley to reform this guy. Oh, totally. Yeah. After spending a half hour with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, and, like, and she tries. She tries to appeal to his better yeah. side. But yeah, yeah. it's a... Uh, I think it's the case of, you know, it's not just like, oh, it's another crime episode. It's also just the banter and the timing in this one has just a, it's a very good comedic episode. It's not always laugh out loud, but there's these very enjoyable ups and downs and peaks and valleys yeah. in both the writing and the execution that yeah. really stick with me. Yeah, yeah. I love the obvious little details here are really great. Like, Shirley's favorite book is Black Beauty because of course it is. Of course it is. And then she recommends My Friend Flicka. Yeah. I like Flicker. I like Flicker. Beat it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and for, for those who don't remember or haven't seen the episode, yeah, basically, as Shirley is discussing with uh, tall Richard Mall, uh, the tall Mall, as it were, and mentioning my friend Flicka, that's when the bum that she has left behind on the bench suddenly cries out, <laughs> I like Flicker. It's so good. And it's so Judy Askins too, because as we've noticed, yeah. you know, there's Mr. Pioli, there's the, yeah. you know, because um, uh, the same author as uh, Horse Show, and yeah. so forth. So yeah, I'm not yes. surprised. Yes, she knew she knows how to write. That woman knows how to write. That's all I gotta say. Uh, all the little details here, the little dialogue beats, really are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. 
we open up with some really, really, really interesting physical comedy where Laverne is asleep out cold uh, during her break. And uh, a security guard tries to help her up on the bench. And she's just dead weight. Yeah, yeah. The Archie Han is the the worker. And it's yeah. it's a... This is one of those scenes I'm it just blown away by. It. Like, I yeah. almost wonder if this is like a gag that like Penny had been working on for a while. Because, you know, like workshopping. Because this is yeah. so intricate com- comedically. Like, this is practically Chaplin-esque. And yeah. and it's it's glorious, and it, it really shows that as an actor, Penny was horrendously underrated as a comedic performer. Oh yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I should oh, say, yeah. uh, to sorry to quickly clarify, underrated today. It's sort of like yeah. I I think she should not have been forgotten as she has been yeah. as she has been. Yeah. People think of her directing career first. Exactly. Right. Um. Honestly, even at her time, she was under she was underrated. Honestly, because people, you, you read the reviews about Laverne Shirley, you just hear over and over again about how they're ripping off Lucy, about how they're uh, ruining the intellectual minds of the children. Now they should be watching good shows, smart shows, wholesome shows, you know? But, yeah, but uh, but this yeah. is the real deal, man. This is the stuff that's going to yeah. happen. for Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get caught yeah. up in a robbery, though, but, I mean, the whole bit of... Uh, you know, you fall asleep and, and something weird happens. You wake up and you're like, how the hell did I get there? Or like you, you feel like you've been rolled out. O- you've rolled over a bench and fallen to somebody's lap and all that. Um, but even more specifically is uh, Shirley dealing with the uh, the bum, you know, the 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 drunk. I mean, that is that's a very uh, that's a city thing. Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, that's just incredibly well, as you said, incredible choreographed. Um, I don't know if Penny had this intended. I intended this for any other, you know, episode if they just stuck it in because you know it worked, because the flow of it worked. But uh, it's also kind of in season seven, the girls get separated more. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of set pieces where one of them will be doing one thing and one of them will do another thing. Like as we said, there are backstage reasons for this, and here each of them gets to carry a chunk of the episode in a way that flows together and makes sense for the two characters. So you get some really great physical comedy from both of them. I mean, when you have Cindy there monkey-clinging to Richard Maul, he's just carrying her around. He spends a lot of the episode just carrying her around from location to location. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. They're quite disciplined, too. They, they're both incredible. That, but that opening scene, yeah, that, that is Chaplin-esque. Uh, it's very physical acting and very specifically this very specific brand of physical acting that requires a person to be uh you know completely alone yeah she cannot flinch she cannot move she can't indicate that she is actually awake i wouldn't say he's doing all the work because he has to do his work she has to do hers and mm-hmm. stay completely limp and yep yeah and it's it's asleep. a exactly because yeah. the thing yeah. that gets me is the bit where she has to roll back onto yeah. the bench where he yeah. he because because he turn I think it's like he turns it onto its side so that he can kind of slam the uh the the board because he's I believe he's actually a repair guy because he's adding he's yeah. fixing a uh bo- a broken board on the on this bench and he has to flip it down after he's already kind of gotten her t- tossed over towards a uh, a trash can in the corner and then she has to roll backwards without knowing that it's there trusting that the one two three four timing is right yeah. And then falls back into it as he rolls it back up, and that's where she how she lands there. 
And that that is just, you know, impeccable timing, incredible timing. And, you know, timing as well from her her co-star in the scene, Archie Han, as who's credited as the worker. What's interesting is this is actually not the first time we've seen him on uh, Laverne and Shirley. Do you did you recognize him? That I am 100 percent sure is the incredible Eric. That's it's it is not. It's not. It's not him. It is not. Archie Han was one of the vice cops in Plain Hooky. Okay. I definitely did not recognize him at all. That's funny. I, I wanted to actually like bring him up because we didn't give him much detail back in the time because you know we yeah. weren't doing as kind of as in depth. He is another yeah. alum of the prestigious Phantom of the Paradise crowd that has shown up uh, regularly on this show. Uh, <laughs> so he was I love uh, that the uh, show I was has a connection to it. Sorry, go I'm, ahead. No, oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, I, I, I totally. It's, uh, but yeah, he was one of the background singers for Juicy Fruits. Oh, well, Juicy Fruits, oh. Beach Bums, Undeads, whatever, you know, whenever the band changes, the background singers Yay. stay the same. Yay. And he ends up becoming a buddy of Joe Dante. So he ends up like being in Interspace. He's Harvey Pitnick in uh, Amazon Woman on the Moon. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, because Pitnick's the guy who gets roasted at his funeral, right? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. He's also a reporter in Misery. So he also worked oh. with Rob. Yes. And he's been a common dub and misc voice actor in ADR groups. Oh. But yeah, so sadly, it's his last appearance as a guest, but it's like, I loved him here. And I mean, we loved both the Vice Cops yeah. and playing Hooky. They were, you yeah. know, great character They're actors, fun. great guest stars. They're fun. Yeah. So coming back to this scene, I mean, it, it it's a hell of a, I mean, like I already was starting to love this episode from that opening because just the the energy, the chemistry, I love his, his his deadpan straight delivery, straight man delivery of, you know, it's like, honey, this isn't even my real job. I'm an actor, you know? Yeah. 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 It's great. That's really great stuff. These are absolutely worthy performances and absolutely worthy actors that uh, did, they did a great job. He did a great job in specific in, specific in this uh, one little scene where the robbery goes completely awry. Yep. Uh, Shelly really is this tough. Like, she can punch a guy to death. So, you should be afraid, more afraid of her than she is. Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. I, she's super unassuming, though, you know, yeah. because of how goofy she is in that first half of the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at 20 to left, and you're worried about chafing? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. The whole bit is great. Like I said, rapid-fire chemistry, rapid-fire chemistry. And of course, spread them. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. It's like, ha ha ha. If you, it's yeah. like, go ahead, frisk him. There better be a ring on that finger before you do anything yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, they, eventually they get out of the dirty alley. Yes. Oh, which I love that. You know, it's like, oh, this yeah. is disgusting. It's an alley. Yeah. It's an alley. What you expect? <laughs> then they decide this is the most reasonable idea that he can, uh, he can. Come back to her apartment and, you know, basically cool his heels. That's the best idea they could come up with. with yeah. Protect each other. Exactly. Because you, you yeah. figure within, like, an hour, they're going to go into the Bardwells, going to go ask yeah. for, you know, the employee. You know, is there, is there someone here that uh, named Shirley that works here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, she may have been involved in robbery. What's her address? And boom, they would have been, they pretty much would have been waiting yeah. for him by yeah. the time they got there. Yeah. 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 Well, cops couldn't be that nuts, so, you know. It's like, this is true. This is true. Yeah. I mean, hell, they take a shot at the guy when they have don't they take shots at him when they don't even know if she's an accomplice or hostage at this point. Yeah, exactly. Which is very risky. She's like, why? She's basically saying this thing. Why are you doing this? You could kill me. How do you know I'm sure I'm a robber? 
Mm-hmm. Louie just kicks down that door. Oh, yeah. Capoosh. Yep. Yep. I made a specific note that at this point, there is a fun Beauty and the Beast kind of feeling to their relationship. Oh, my God. That is super accurate. Because she's very gently trying to reprimand him again to be cooth and not slug down all of her milk and not to be sloppy. And he's like, lady, mm, lady, deuce. I'm just on the run. They try to shoot at me. <laughs> uh. Uh, this is the second time we've seen Richard Maul on the show. Yes. Uh, he was, yep, he was in Malibu Mansion uh, in a completely deleted scene that Chris hasn't seen yet, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to show him eventually because the DVD set butchered it completely. And you can see the comedic chops that um, make up the career that he is going to end up having. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, sh- very shortly after this episode, he ends up landing Night Court, becomes Bull Shannon. Bull Shannon, and- yep. Yeah. Um. I so I I got some great notes for him as well. But yeah, because yeah. because he worked both comedy and dramatic side of the equation. I mean, this yeah. dude was in B movies like Caveman, Evil Speak. Yeah. Uh, he's in Metal yeah. Storm, The Destruction yeah. of Jared Sin. Yes. And you even see that like uh he ended up taking on like even like um kids show voices or comedic voice parts, such as he's even in the original Fallout PC game. Like that's oh. you know this dude this dude is has got a hell of a career ahead of him and it's really cool that like oh, yeah. at this point he'd done you know a couple of things uh it looks yeah. like he also was in a a voice in like American Pop around this time yep um pretty much after this he gets Night Court I want to say like three three four years after this I'm pretty sure yeah it started in like '84 so it's around that that time period it would be like yeah three years absolutely because we're in '82 actually it's two years '82. And what's cool is he's still working. He's yeah. uh he's moved to like the, the, the direct to platform type of schlock in the twenty tens, but yeah. he's still he even has a project in post production as of this recording. So Yay. we're really super excited to see see that that's uh, still a thing. And of course we cannot yes. mention he was Two Face in fourteen yeah. episodes of Batman T A S. Yes, he was. Which is my first yes. encounter with him. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I hope he shows up in the Night Court sequel series that's coming up from NBC. Um, nice so, yes uh, good i hope Cat so too to i would love to see him in that he's not a regular so far but uh time will tell if he gets mm. invited in my next note on this is that i'm definitely shipping his characters together <laughs> i was a little bit too not gonna lie yeah, yeah. And I, I still don't know why i still don't know why i just i find the chemistry between them really appealing and i don't know if it's the actor rapport sneaking in or it's just really clever because he's just this big dumb lug mm-hmm you made that chicken sound really good. He's so excited to like <laughs> sit there and eat food with her in the way. Uh, God, and his whole uh, encounter with um, Rhonda. Yes. Rhonda. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's like, hello, Dolly. Why couldn't yeah. I get stuck with that? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be my fourth choice either. <laughs> <laughs> it all works, baby. <laughs> Man. Uh, I wanted to mention Rhonda charges three bucks her headshot to her own friends yeah, which is, yeah well which that's is, okay when, when your neighbors are lenny and squiggy yeah. come on now come on yeah. now you know what he's using those figures for yeah we all, we all know what they're using those for. um if they're using them at all if, they're, if they actually have the three bucks to pay them uh but i love that she does that that she's that enterprising it's a feels like a very ronda detail mm-hmm. she just doesn't give away pictures to her friends she makes them give her money for them I like that. Exactly. And with this batch of episodes, Rhonda really grew on me in a way. And like, especially like the, because this and the next three we have afterward. Yes. Um, 
or sorry, the next two afterward that she's in. Yes. Like, I actually love how she it's sad that she doesn't get the idea of what Shirley's talking about. But at the same time, having a neighbor that if you were having kinky fun sex times with and they were like, yeah. don't worry about it. You have fun. That's yeah. a cool neighbor to have, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> I told you you were going to like her. I told yeah. you I had to give her time. I had to give her time. Yep. There you go. I told you. Um, and that's because they initially play Rhonda as a total enemy to the girls. Right. And she's so snobby and self-centered. And then, uh, like around, the, ironically, around the time to tell the truth, she starts opening up and becoming more of a person. And this is, yeah, this is what she does during season seven. She becomes more easily to like, more lovable. And uh, that continues into season eight because we need a, a Shirley figure in season eight. And uh, so, thus does Leslie Easterbrook uh, really kind of step out. And this is her first, you know, big role. And she'll become. Uh, She'll, she'll, she'll hit um, uh, Police Academy, I think, right after this, right after the show ends. Yep. Yeah, because uh, First uh, Police Academy was 83, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was obviously directly after the show ends. She was probably filming either right in the middle of season eight or she was filming, like, right after it ended. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So coming back to Richard Mall, yeah. my note is he just goes full Sterling Hayden with his you mannerisms, know. his body, yeah. you know, his language, his voice. Because you can tell it's, you know, the voice is a little put on, you know, at times. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's yeah. and I think that's why, as you were mentioning, the beauty and the beast and kind of shipping the sort of energy yeah. between them, because. Yeah. Shirley would make an excellent like the good girl that Sterling Hayden's with that, like he he's trying to, you know, he wants to get out of the business, but he's got yeah. trapped. He's still like uh, the killing, you know, it's like yeah. he he can't escape. Yeah. 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 Uh He's good. He's just, he knows what this role requires. This role requires him to be scummy, but slightly lovable. He hits every single note. Like, like you can tell when you listen to his other roles, he can do that growl. And then he can be up, up and up and sweet, because Bull is a higher, slightly higher voice and a much sweeter, more naive personality. Mm. So it just shows he has layers. Shows he can do that. And it's, here it is amazing. He is really good. And you can actually see the, um, Scuzzy Hood character come to life in this form. I really enjoy his performance in this episode. It really is great. I mean, maybe, you uh, know, when uh, maybe when Louis goes to jail, you know, he ends up in the same prison as uh, Jake from uh, the Purple Fiends. And, and they, they both be, they become bros, become cellmates. Hey, they send their girls the license plates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, 24 man. you. <laughs> <laughs> um... Then we have the whole uh, the right the message in code. Shirley has the idea. Okay, there's no food in the house, so we're gonna call. Uh, it's like, oh, cowboy bills. That sounds nice. You know, trying to send this code to Frank, and I, you know, it's totally yeah. expected Frank's not gonna get it because you know, I love yeah. Frank, but he yeah. when it comes to those sort of things, he's a little dense. Yeah, he's oblivious. And I love he brings the sauce. Like, yeah, I also bring a lot of extra napkins. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, no, 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 the sauce, the sauce. Yeah, the sauce, the sauce. The sauce. <laughs> And I love that, of course, Laverne immediately picks up on it. Oh, yeah. It's a guy detail. She knows Shirley. She knows her best friend. She knows us up. But, of course, to Frank, that's you know, not an important detail. Frank is a big picture guy. Laverne knows Shirley inside out. So, of course, like instantly she knows something's up. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a great super detail. I really did enjoy that. Um, you don't mess with the battling baker. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Frank is fearless when the chips are down, though. 
Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, he. Yeah. I I love yeah. the gavel bit. He grabs the gavel yeah. and he's getting ready, and he then whoop, yep. over his uh, shoulder. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, you don't mess with his girls. You don't. You mess don't mess with, with his girls. girls. Yeah, that's that yep. is my standing up for himself and for his other girl. Yes, that was my yep. note. Big all yep, caps. Yep, yep, yep. You, you don't mess with his uh, daughter. You don't mess with his other daughter. And you don't mess with his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Even though his wife doesn't exist on screen anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh God. That's uh, right. We're, we're coming up to that in an episode or two. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Make up episodes. Oh yeah. Oh goodness gracious. Uh, but uh um. Yeah, the the whole uh, yeah, their band, the whole finale here is with Pop yeah. saving the day is amazing, is fantastic, yeah. and and really the two of them collaborating, you know, and the yeah. the whole you know, it's like watch that punk stuff, pops, watch that pop stuff, <laughs> punk, and then Chekhov's right. toaster. Yes, the toaster that saves the day. I love it. Oh gosh, and that's what that's that's what ends up saving Shirley's eye. That's beautiful. I love it. Love it. I love that. It's such a sitcomy detail. It's also just a perfect detail for, you know, the lives. <laughs> Toasters. <laughs> That's yeah. Bonk. Oh, totally. Bonk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah, just the comedic timing through that whole, yeah. like, yes. that whole dash to the end yes. is, is yes. perfect. So good. Yes. And then, uh, when did Louie have time to eat the chicken? The chicken was pretty good, Pops. Uh, he he's eating it a bit while um oh. or he's at least eating the ribs and the chicken while uh shirley's talking to frank about the code because yeah, you, you had an eye on that i was watching them you were watching it that's good okay yeah okay that's what that's like doing your podcast in tandem is good oh yeah but then you have the cops come in and uh, i adore shirley's overconfident you know because i love shirley getting her confidence through the story like her realizing usually i am a pushover and here i am you know stiff and strong you know she's not shaking like a leaf and he's trembling you know he's because you know he's, oh, yeah. he realizes the the reality and she knows that she is the victim of the situation and if she gets out of it she's not going to go to prison she's she'll be cleared and so it's it's a it's really cool to see that confidence, and I like the sort of almost punchline of it. The when the cops come in, as you know, Louis fallen uh, unconscious on top of her, and she goes, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot! I mean, I can handle it, yeah. but I've been shot at so many times today." I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's a great line. It's a great moment. I had that marked down too. Oh goodness! I have an actually note that says, "That's my girl." Oh yes. When uh, <laughs> she does all that, she, she turns his ass in, and she snaps him, puts him in his place. Frank's face is amazing. This whole situation. Mm-hmm. I have such a fondness for the fact that that's what saves uh, Shirley in the end, is Laverne. is the one who light bulbs, oh no, my best friend's in trouble, she calls cops. She mm-hmm. saves her dad, and she saves uh, Shirley in the end. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, all's well. And we get this amazing dragnet tribute at the end. Yeah, Frank the Mumbler DeFazio. <laughs> the moment DeFazio gets me every time. Uh, Benny Goodman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Louis Armstrong, alias Benny Goodman. Benny like, Goodman. oh my God. Yes. It's, it's really <laughs> it's so delightful good. kicker. Oh, uh, and he's insane. Quentin, the poor guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially at that time. Boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, this is before, uh, this is in the early 60s before uh, things already gave him, yeah, more rebellious there. So, phew. Ah, uh, and Laverne uh, using this as an excuse to say she's listed in the book. Yep, 
<laughs> Laverne DeFazio was charged with nothing, but is usually free and is listed in the book. Wink. <laughs> and uh, surely, uh, the, the, the option I'm sure is saying she should not. Uh, yeah, she she had to. Men, yeah, she had to promise. Men. Yeah, had to promise yeah. not to talk yeah. to strange men. Talk to tall, yeah. to tall men about black beauty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, strange men. Strange men. All of this is true, except the part about the chicken, and handcuffs, and the toaster, and <laughs> so, so good. So good, incredible, so well done, well staged, well lit, blah. Yep. That's a good one. That's a fun one. Yep. You got any more notes? Uh, not necessarily for the episode. Uh, I do want to mention uh, just a couple yeah. of uh, behind the camera and in front of the camera notes, because I have one other yeah. actor note, uh, which is actually the policeman, of all things. Sadly, the uh, the bum is not credited. I, I wish he was, and uh, none, yeah, of the, he... none of the robbers are either, and uh, no, oh. I didn't, I thought I saw Peter Ebling in there, but I double-checked and I didn't see him credited, and when I double-checked the episode on my second viewing, I did not see him there either. So, oh. uh, the one policeman that gets dialogue and talks with them a bit, you know, they see what I gotta deal with yeah. guy, is uh, Jed Mills. Um, <laughs> but he's another working actor, familiar credits, few surprises, typical stuff, Eight is Enough, Lou Grant, Galactica 1980, Incredible Hulk, Hill Street Blues, Night Court, you know, uh, but then I have to give a love, loving little nod to this. He is in New Year's Evil, the best New York New Year's Eve slasher movie ever. He is also in The Creature Wasn't Nice, which also has Cindy in it. A couple of episodes of Amazing Stories, Twin Peaks and Casino. And this guy was even in an episode of Quantum Leap. So uh, it seems like it's not actively working now. But anyway, just a weird thing that this yeah. one little throwaway guy here had this whole like very diverse you know t working actor tv career tv and movie career it's very interesting and fascinating the creature was a nice is a small low budget <laughs> movie so yeah. he he if he's i i can't remember exactly what role he plays but i i think he's in like one of the, like the movies that they're watching on the ship or something uh for yeah. folks that don't know the creature was a nice is a parody of alien that has uh, that's yeah. uh done by the nudie musical guy and uh yeah. cindy's and uh, cindy's in it Anyway, so it was, you know, it was a cool little bit of detail. Uh, so Judy Pioli, uh, or Judy Askins at this point, um, yes. you know, because uh, she remarried at some point yes. in the, I think yes. it was the 90s. Uh, yeah. Yes. But had been a long-term runner on the show by this point, uh, does have another three episodes to go, including one this season. And she'll be moving into a script consultant credit for pretty much all of season eight. Uh, and we'll cover the post-Laverne uh, and Shirley stuff at some point. Uh, we probably have discussed in the past, but we'll we'll get there. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of covers all of my notes. Yeah, uh, I love that. I loved, I love the fact that so many nudie musical people end up showing up on the first trilogy. It's really <laughs> a closely intertwined thing in the end. Exactly. Yeah, nudie musical, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, and Billy Jack. Those are like the three unexpected films to get a lot of those alumni to show up here. Yeah, that's great. That Phantom of the Paradise is a great, great movie to have your name attached to. That's mm. cool. So what are we ranking this baby? Um, I feel like as a, for being such a strong comedy episode, I'm going to give this like a seven and a half or an eight, maybe like a 7.7. 7. Yeah. Cause it's, it just, when it comes to comedy episodes, this is a, to me, it's a must see one. If like, if I was going to yeah. recommend it to friends, I would recommend this yeah. one. Oh, that's really interesting. Really good. I'm going a little bit lower the seven. So I think I'm going to seven flat. I really like the chemistry here. I like the set pieces here. I like all the little details here, but it's not a super super necessary episode to me. 
maybe because the girls spend less time together. Maybe because, you know, uh, there need to be more narrative meat on the bones for me. But for me, this is like a good, solid, mid-level episode. But not an essential episode. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I hear you. Yeah. And before we move on to the uh, the tail end of uh, this uh, podcast, though, I uh, do want to give a quick shout to the production design and art department team on this episode for all of the wonderful graffiti in that alleyway, yes. including yes. Uh, Make Love Not War, Pigs, as well as a love next to a clearly, it's meant to be a syringe on a dumpster. So, yeah. love drugs. Love drugs. I can't believe I got away with that one. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that one surprised me. <laughs> the street, the dressing and design in Marshall vs. Alleyways, you'll see all kinds of little different details. You'll see, like, if you look at the graffiti in the bathroom in place like Happy Days, you'll see all kinds of different little things. You shout to the production staff, uh, to the writing staff. Uh, you'll see shout outs, you know, that that to other parts of the Marshall verse, like to um, Laverne Shirley and stuff. There's a there there is at one point graffiti in the bathroom that says for a good time call Shirley Feeney. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> uh, in the men's room in Arnold's, <laughs> they're not gonna have a good time call Shirley Feeney, unless Ugh. it's the Happy Days version. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool. Excellent production design. Uh, and yet another reminder, Laverne Shirley was only nominated for one Emmy, and that was for costume design. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Surprising, but not undeserved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the costumes are great. Costumes are great. Costumes are amazing. Yeah. Shout out to the costume designers. Anywho. All right. But yeah, yeah so that, uh, that covers it for this episode? Yeah. All right. Cool. So we'll have a quick word uh, from our sponsors on the podcast version of this episode, and then uh, we'll get into our little outro. So stick around, folks. All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, so much for joining us for Night After Night Pod. And if you would like to know more, you can find us at Night After Night PC on Twitter or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, YouTube, and where other podcasts may be found. And I believe that uh, we would like to just extend a bunch of love out to our wonderful patrons as uh, they are fantastic and keep us inspired and going. And also a big shout out to our little Twitter community of people that is full of some pretty good, pretty wholesome types. And uh, so, Lisa, my darling, my lady love, what is it that we'll be doing next? Lenny and Squeaky scramble to find enough money to gain entry to a fancy awards ceremony. When Squeaky swipes Lenny's sock money from the freezer, Havoc threatens to envelop the boys' friendship. This is a night at the awards. Wow, swiping the sock money, that is a sockable yeah. offense. Sock it to me. Bye, y'all, and for heaven's sake, don't read Stranger's Black Beauty in an alley. Unless they ask you to. Actually, Unless if they ask you to, you either. shouldn't do that either. Yeah. Just don't do IV drugs while reading Black Beauty in the alleyway. That probably mess up your mind. Oh, God. You'll be crying for many different reasons. The pretty colors, the fangs, horses eating your brain, and, of course, the drugs itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.